0: The Secret Library Podcast is brought to you by our amazing supporters over at our Patreon. You can check it out to get access to solo episodes with me, as well as the opportunity to submit questions for custom Q&A episodes at some of our levels. It's over at patreon.com slash secret library. This is episode 146 of the Secret Library Podcast. My guest this week is Kusi Okamura, who is a writer, editor, and publisher here in Berlin. She is the editor and creator of the Wild Word magazine and also the publisher that put out Mike hembury's book, you'll remember, New Clone City, from several episodes ago. It was a real treat to talk with Kusi about the process of creating the magazine, as well as a topic that I think many of us think about, which is the urgency and the need we feel as women to create as we get to 40 and beyond. Um, We also got into how little we see ourselves represented in literature and in characters at this age and beyond, and how important and wonderful it is to see writers over 40 getting more attention because we think... This is such an amazing time to be writing, and as a writer myself who's over 40, she was definitely preaching to the choir when we got into this topic, and it was really fun to explore. I know you'll feel inspired by this, as well as getting to see the inner workings of how someone took an idea, a dream she had... Of creating and made it into a magazine that's now been going for three years and has published many, many writers and is really a thriving cultural presence in Berlin. So here we go with Kusi Okamara. Hi, Kusi. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Caroline. So it was a treat to meet you, um, for many reasons, but one of which was the discovery that not only had you started a literary magazine, the wild word, but had about a year and a half ago now, or just over a year ago, I suppose, added a publishing arm to the magazine. So I could not resist having you on and listeners will know that Chrissy is the one who published, um, the author that we heard a couple of weeks ago, Mike Hembury, his book, um, New Clone City is the one that came out through the wild word. So can you take us back to the beginning of what made you think, okay, I have this literary magazine going, I think I'd like to add a publishing element.
1: I think it was in the same kind of spirit that I started the magazine. Um, The magazine um, came out of well, I, I had been a stay at home mom and I had been in this very intense parenting period. And, um, and, and we were, I'm Irish, my husband's American, we live in Berlin, we don't have extended family here. So it was all very intense and it's a new culture. And, and so I, I basically was, was looking after the kids for, for, for five years and, and, and not having like a creative thought. Whatsoever, <laughs> and then finally my my second went uh, into Kita here, which is the the kindergarten, and um, and then. It just it, it was like I was like a racehorse who you know they store up the energy at the beginning and you know the the shirt comes up and I and I just went go, and and all this flood of creative ideas came in and I decided to I, I said to my husband I, I'm gonna start an online magazine and uh, and so in two weeks I, uh, I designed the website got it all uh, got, got all the comments together and I mean I was very lucky to be surrounded by lots of artists and writers and it really came out fully formed, like this this third child. And, and in that kind of same spirit, it, it, I don't know why I was so, I felt really eternally optimistic. Um, uh, and kind of like whatever, I, creative idea or, or wish that I had. And I, I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so I had, uh, Mike um, is the environmental columnist for the magazine. And I had seen some of his um, fiction writing. Um, he had brought it to me and I said, this, this, this is really great. It was really, really, really great. And I said, you know, you should, you should write a novel. And he was kind of humming and hawing. And then I met him a couple of times and I said, no, you really, you really, really should. And, you know, if you write the novel, I will publish you. And <laughs> I must have been very persuasive um, because I met him a couple of months later. And actually, he had done the Nano Remo, which is the National Novel Writing Month, which is in November. And um, uh, so I met him and he said, I- I've-, I've written the novel. And I thought, oh. Right, so I'm going to- <laughs> now I'm in for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, um, and I really felt like, well, not really how hard can it be, but just where there's a will, there's a way. Maybe that's a very, maybe that's that's an Irish thing. I don't know. But um, I really felt like, yeah, we can do this. And uh, Erna Lachlan, who is my right-hand woman in the magazine, the two of us teamed up, and um, and she's an amazing um, balance to 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 me because I'm I'm very much the ideas woman and let's do it and she kind of reigns it all in and is very practical And um, but, but also has amazing ideas um, and we worked very well together and so um, I think it really stemmed from this very firm belief in, in what Mike had written. And so, you know, we we live in this very um, intense political climate at the moment. And I I just love this dystopian world which he created in in, in this alternate Berlin, but also the very, very strong political and environmental uh, thread that is in his writing. And uh, we just really believed in it. I have to say that's just, just that was the that was really the main thing. I thought this this is amazing piece of writing. The world has to know about it, and we will be your team. and And Mike is is one of these uh, jack of all trades. I think he belongs. He's in like three bands, three punk bands. You know, he's a sailor. You know, he you know he's a communist. He's he's so many things. <clears throat> um, but uh, uh, he had known from his musical days that he had put out records before but he knows the strength of having a team behind him and so he was really keen to to have myself and Aaron on board and we'd worked we'd all worked well together on the magazine and so and so yeah we decided let's let's start start this publishing house and let's let's get you out there so
0: amazing yeah that's how it started <laughs> so when you decided okay i'm going to start a publishing house Mm-hmm. Then what were your next steps? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's this way that that can feel like the beginning of a montage scene in a movie where, you know, you people have visions about what that looks like. But I'm interested in what the process actually looked like to create the Wild Word uh, publishing arm.
1: Oh, do you know? It was very. It's for us. It's very. Uh, it's very linked to the magazine. So, so it was very much in the same vein. So, we wanted. We wanted it to look great. We wanted it. I. I just feel you know books are judged by the cover so so much of the time. So that was really we we really um, wanted it to be designed very well. Um, and um, and so I worked with an artist here in Berlin, and um, myself and Mike worked with them here. And um, we came up with lots of ideas, lots of sketches, but we really based the cover, and I, I like the idea of uh, um, uh, a kind of, oh God, what is that punk band, the Sex Pistols. Mm. Is like I think it's never never mind the bollocks. The very kind of yellow, bright, and so the the cover of New Clone City is like this very shiny, bright yellow. It has this car on its side, which sort of symbolises the dystopian element, and uh, uh, with the, the magpie, which features strongly uh, as a motif in the in the in the novel. And I mean, we worked really hard on, on creating a great product. And and then also, at the same time, we knew how, we had this great audience within The, the Wild Word. And so um, uh, The Wild Word is we have a team of 12 colonists, and it's a very international team. But uh, the majority of the writers actually come from. Uh, um, for the readership is mainly American and German, with 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 the, the next after that being the UK. Um, but we felt we had this ready-made audience, and and so that was a bit of that was a bit of a safety net for us, um, having created the magazine already. And then, uh, uh, I mean, basically, it's it's trying to trying to. To have this vision that we have in our head, and making this this great product that we will have in our hand. And we tried lots of different printers, and we found this great. Finally, found a great printer in um, in Poland by chance. We found this um, great uh, cover designer in Brian Barth, who who works with uh, all of the big publishing houses, and um, he's based here in Berlin. And he brought it all together. Um, and, and and I'd say the biggest hurdle for us was getting distribution here in Germany. <laughs> mm. Without, I mean, my my level of German is okay. Um, it, it would be intermediate, but. Um, you know you know yourself Karma and you live in, 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 in Germany and I mean we, we've talked about this in Berlin Berlin is Berlin is very anarchic it's not like the rest of Germany however um, when it comes to book, book publishing um, we had to fill out I don't know how many forms it was form after form after form and they take they take publishing very seriously here in Germany Um I think you've seen it yourself, and we've talked about it. That people love books here in Germany. And you, you go on the U-Bahn, you go on the S-Bahn. I mean, people don't have devices really. If they're reading a book, they read a physical book, and so they take it very seriously. So we had to send samples. We had, they had to read the book. They had to, we had to fill so many different forms, and it took five months. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> all together, um, but we finally got distribution. and 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 the other thing is that they have many bookstores here in Berlin. And I recently saw a New York Times article about independent bookstores in New York City, which I think is around forty. Um, and here in Berlin, we have over two hundred and thirty
0: independent bookstores. and so
1: um and they I didn't it,
0: realize uh, it was that many. That's amazing. It,
1: and growing like really weekly, there's a new bookstore open on uh, opening in every different Keats around Berlin because they love books and and so yes, our, our biggest hurdle was, was trying to trying to uh, get uh, distribution here in Germany. But I, ha- I have to say that um, now that we're we're really talking to the the bookstores, they really love the idea of uh, uh, an English language. Uh, book written here in Berlin by by a um now now Mike is originally from England but because a number of different reasons he's he's now German um but by, by an author here based in uh, in Germany and they love this the story of Newclin City and so so that's been great.
0: That's amazing. Yeah it was I saw it right on the center table in disman's recently yes. which was lovely. And I said, I know that book. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So for those listening, Dusmans is like the big, you know, a huge, huge store. It's like four stories high. It's like the Powell's probably of Berlin is what I would call it. Mm -hmm. So then you have all the forms and then this was originally a conversation you had with Mike, like we'll publish it. So now that you have this all set up, this Publishing. What is the plan, and and what are you hoping to produce in the future?
1: So, what is the plan for the novel, or what is the plan for the publishing?
0: For the publishing. The plan
1: for the- publishing. Do you know, we're not, since we brought out the novel, I just, we've been approached by a lot of different writers.
0: I'm sure. I I assume (laughs) it's like a gate opening and it's like, oh, hi. Yes.
1: Yes. And do you know, I have to say, it is like the thought of having another child. Yes. It, it, it's, it's not a decision that we would take lightly. We're very committed to New Clone City and to Mike as an author. And, um, uh, and, and Mike is working on a sequel at the moment. I mean, but we would love to see, I mean, The Wild Word, both the magazine and the publishing house, continue to grow. Um, we're really developing the... Um, uh, the literary side of the magazine um, and uh, the wild word is not just a literary magazine um it well, we have 12 columns and they write from everything from parenting to politics um, it's very, very left- leaning and unashamedly so so um we are like unashamedly, Feminist, <laughs> and, uh, and um, we also uh, try and promote issues like the environment and uh, mental health. And um, but and that was really our, our, our mainstay at the beginning. And then we uh, we sort of branched out to poetry and and to fiction. And, and I have to say, I'm just in touch with a lot of great writers because of it now. And, uh, and and another thing is which is great we're, we're we're being um told i don't know how many times recently actually that um the wild word has been recommended on creative writing courses like across america like arizona and alaska and <laughs> new york which is great um and so i'm really keen to like touch base with with writers from all over the world now and and to promote that as a platform so but in terms of publishing yeah we'll see how it goes as I said it's I mean we put heart and soul (laughs) into getting set up and so um
0: yeah we're we're going to see how it goes (laughs) right of course I mean I think this is something that I think about a lot is that there's this balance, you know, you start something like an online magazine or a publishing house, and there's all of this optimism and excitement in creating the process. And then when you kind of open the doors and something has come out, then there's this flood of response in terms of other people who would also like their work to be published. And I'm wondering how you manage that Influx and what you're seeing in terms of submissions that are well presented and those that are maybe not so well presented, so that those listening can kind of learn how to be respectful to publishers when they're submitting.
1: You know, uh, we have guidelines that I put up on the uh, submission guidelines, which we put up on the on the website, and that's been really helpful. But I have to say, we've got such a high standard of, of writer uh, sending in their work, and both myself and Erin are, are writers as well. And I think that's really helped us in how we interact with, with writers and, and how we wanted to set up the platform. And we, and we, we treat like every submission with the utmost respect (laughs) because we know what it's like to send out work and uh and you know you create something and and you put it out in the world and you're just dying to hear something back from from someone and we know that we know what that feels like um and uh but yeah we we've had such a high standard of writing but i have to say with the one word one of the interesting things is that um uh, we have uh had many writers that have never written before. A number of communists had never written before and when I approached them they 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 had they were they were not even considering themselves writers um what our parenting um calmest, um was a friend of mine and and <laughs> I'd noticed from her her posts on Facebook how she wrote and how she wrote with this fierce passion and and, and that really spoke to me and and then we started to have a number of um, conversations about it and then I, I asked her would she consider writing income and, and and then we took her on board and I mean she has she's been on, on um, morning television in in the US um, uh, she she gets, a lot of fan mail i have to say um <laughs> uh, into the magazine and um she just writes from the heart and and that's one of the things that i felt that that that's really my job as the editor is that when i get approached by a writer or or someone who's interested in writing for the magazine it's it has to it has to be from the heart and it's it's that's that's who i will want to take on in the magazine and, um, not, not have they been published before, but just what, what do they have to say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important what you're saying. And I think that a lot of people have this idea that things have to look a certain way, or your life has to be set up in a certain way, or your work has to be a certain kind of work in order to consider yourself a writer. Whereas, Mm -hmm all of us every day multiple times a day write something in order to communicate mm-hmm. with each other writing is almost as common as speaking and yet we put these barriers between ourselves and letting ourselves be defined as a writer yes. what do you what do you think is going on there this is a topic i think about all the time
1: yeah i don't <clears throat> mean you know, i'm I'm irish I, 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 I my parents are Japanese, but I grew up in Ireland, and in Ireland, a writer writers are, are really put on pedestals. and I think um I'm, I'm, I'm sure i have a sense this is the same you know, around the world, <laughs> really. I mean, we tend to put our writers up on, on pedestals, but I do feel like, you know, with social media and everything, there's this uh, this this sense that if I have something to say, I can put it out there and maybe all my friends will read it, but at least my friends will read it. And, and, and I, I do believe that not everyone is necessarily a writer. Like writer, you know, inverted commas. However, I do feel that if you have a sense that you have something that you want to communicate, um, why not? <laughs> no, really, I, I, um, I do. Uh, uh, when I think about our parenting columnist, and she, she would have had a little bit of resistance and initially, like, oh, really? Do you really think I could, I could do this? And I just. Felt the urgency with which she wanted to talk about, um, particularly issues around mental health with children, for example, that's one of her big issues. And it's not a topic that you see anywhere really written about. Um, I felt, say it. Say it. It's important. You know, what you have to say is important. It's not for writing's sake. You know, it's not self-important. You're really trying to say something to people. You're really trying to um, bring an issue out there. And uh, and maybe um, this has been a little bit easier for me in terms of what we've published is that we have gone with issue-led writing, um, and and and. So I think that's been a little bit easier for me to decide on what gets published. Erin O'Loughlin, who is my partner in, in terms of the publishing house and, and uh, the associate editor on the magazine, she she is the fiction editor and, and Mahadev is our poetry Editor and and they come with a different eye uh, for for those particular things. But for myself, if I if I'm publishing for the magazine and what I saw with Mike, it it was with this sense of um, yeah having something to say.
0: Amazing. So how has it been? I mean, it's been almost three years with the magazine. Yes. Yeah. At this point, so you you were the you know the pent up racehorse. Yes. And then ran out of the gate and all of this creativity. How has that impacted your life to be working on this magazine and being, you know, building a community around writing and issues and giving people a place to speak, which is so wonderful?
1: Um, yeah, I, I really, I think this is something innate in me that I really wanted to Yeah, to give a platform and a voice to people who maybe before didn't have this platform. Um, That was very important to me. Uh, But I think more more for me was to do, I, I really, it was out of necessity that I created the magazine. I really needed the magazine for myself as a creative person. And for some reason, even though I was a writer, I latched on this this kind of harebrained idea of oh let's let's I'm, I'm going to set up a magazine. Um, I, I have a background in publishing, and I would have worked uh, in the Irish Times for a number of years. And one of my mentors in the uh, the Irish Times was I worked on the, the books desk um, for a number of years with Caroline Walsh, who was who was the the editor, the literary editor there, and she was so wonderful in how she nurtured. People nurtured any, uh, really anyone, but um, uh, uh, she really felt that she, it was her, her duty to to nurture younger women in particular, uh, but writers or, or anyone who who had an interest in the arts, and I, I really. I was really inspired by this. I really took this on board. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to do with the magazine. But in terms of, of necessity, um, I'm uh, 43 and um, I, am, I have here in Berlin, um, uh, my sort of tribe here in Berlin are artists and writers, particularly from Ireland, and we're all in midlife. And we all now are approaching our art and our projects with an increasing sense of urgency. We're we're still, some of us are just coming, are are in the middle of this intense parenting phase or coming out of it. And I think what we've learned from that is that... um, (laughs) That your your sense of time gets a little bit warped. So the days are very long, but the years are short. And now that we we're coming to this end of this intense parenting phase, now we're we're looking at our art with this urgency of we have to do it now. You know, now is the time. <laughs> and um and so that's how I really feel about the magazine. I really uh, and also maybe this is how I approach the publishing, which is like. I have this idea, let's do it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's with that um, Elizabeth Gilbert book. She had recently written a book about creativity and about creative ideas. And if you don't seize the day with them, those those little ideas, they just float along and pass along to the next person, the next creative person.
0: Um, yes. Um... <laughs> I know that book and I know that story. Absolutely
1: and um and so the nice thing that i have with my group of friends here and and my peers here in berlin is that we all feel yes let's do it now and i think also, Berlin allows us to do it. Berlin is ha, we have a lot more support here, if for families, and so um, it means that uh, maybe we don't have to work nine to five jobs uh, to support our families. We have, which means we have more time to focus on yeah, our creative projects. And also there is this very, there's an openness here in Berlin. People don't really care what you're doing here in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, really that interested. And in some way that's so liberating because you can just do what you want. You can really do what you want. As long as you have a sense of this is what I want to say, there isn't a sense where where I would have come from in, in, in Ireland maybe is that um, people would have... Or you might have a sense that people are judging you or, you know, Ireland in, a, in, in, in many ways is like a big village. So everyone knows everyone, you know. Um, and yeah, so it's very liberating being here in Berlin, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that there's curiosity, but there isn't a sense of, oh, must be nice that you're working on a novel over there or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. There mm-hmm. is there's like, oh, that's interesting, uh, mm-hmm. which I really love. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that a lot I th- I think this sense of things happening at midlife is accurate and I think important to note as well as having published a lot of people who haven't written before, because I think there are a lot of people who maybe have this impulse in their forties, which I've seen a lot of people have, but then think, oh, it's too late for me. I should have figured this out in my twenties and now I'm in my forties and it's too late for me to be a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your sense of that? And do you notice that a lot of debut writers that come through are not in their twenties when they come to the magazine?
1: Yes, absolutely, and I find myself approaching uh, a number of people who um, are maybe are a little bit older because, yeah, they have all this experience. It's not me. It's not that. Um, we become irrelevant when we reach our midlife. I think, in, in more ways, we become even more interesting. It's like the ideas have had time to, I don't know if marinate is is the right is the right word, but I think that our perspective is so interesting. You know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of emphasis on on finding the bright new thing in in publishing, and. That's not very interesting to me. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I really, I don't think age is is really is is really relevant. And I know this feeling that people have that maybe, yeah, um, uh, maybe maybe it's too late. And I think, really, <laughs> in your forties, it's 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 too late not at all. Um, I don't know whether you you know this TV program. This is us. Which I find really interesting, um, and there's a, they, they, they have parallel timelines. And one of the characters is is a woman, and she's she's focused. She has this music career; she's a singer. And then they focus her on, and I think presume she's supposed to be in her fifties. And they put her in this little two piece kind of, or this cardigan, and her hair is suddenly <laughs> this very conservative bob, and she's come. She's become middle-aged, and I thought, how, how dare they do this to this character, this poor woman? You know, and I, that's particularly what happens to women in, 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 in mid-age, uh, in our media, in in uh, in culture, in society, that they, you know, women get stuck in this, in their cardigan, in, in a bob, with glasses.
0: <laughs> yes
1: no that they they've sanitized women and and i find it so insulting i find it so insulting
0: yeah it's terrible and i think <laughs> that if we don't take the risk to write different stories mm-hmm. all of us who are out here in our 40s doing creative work and thinking about other things if you don't take the risk to share it then then there isn't going to be any material to work with that contradicts this this mm-hmm. cardigan issue
1: Yes, absolutely. And the women that I know in middle life have such rich inner lives. I just think that women become more at ease. Like I have found with each each decade that has gone by, I've become more at ease in my body, more at ease in myself. The the neuroticism that I had in my teenage years and my twenties has gone, and um, uh, and I think that women are are becoming more confident in themselves and i think there's this i mean there is this global me too thing where women are sort of shedding this oh no we can't say things you know <laughs> this fear that we have but um I, but i have found that i think that's that's i think that's women in middle age i think that we're starting to not care we don't give a shit it's just yeah let, let's i have something to say and let me say it and yeah they come with it with an urgency and and not a self-consciousness that that maybe younger women have
0: yeah and that there isn't so much of a sense like you were talking about your columnist like there isn't this sense of oh there's a particular way to say this and I'm going to follow the style guide of how you write a story or how you write an article and I'm going to do it the right way and then hope that I get the stamp of approval and then I get published that that I think that model is really breaking down now
1: yes absolutely and you know I think. uh women in in, in middle age we're, we're, there is this we're we're kind of liberated in which we we don't care as much what other people think you know <laughs> and um uh yeah and that's so important to the artist uh, and the writer self you know you know to to remove that constraint and the and the censor within ourselves you know but, um, yeah, I, th- I totally agree. I, I, I was just talking to a playwright recently, actually two playwrights recently, who who were saying they felt this urge, both of them women, both in the middle age, um, who said they, they wanted to write roles for women, for actors, for, for women actors, because the roles weren't there,
0: you yeah. know? Yeah, I think it's so important. And I think you were saying something just then as well, and I got so excited that my mind went totally blank, but <laughs> which I think means we're really onto something. Yes, I've got it. I'm wondering if there has been in a way this con of of sort of making women in middle age feel less relevant, or this, this con of, oh, it's too late for me, I've missed the boat that people have run on them, is a way to sort of Hold off the fact that women in mid-age are really powerful and have a lot of experience and important it, things to say.
1: Absolutely. I, I feel that the women that I know are just increasing in power. The women of my age, and I have to say, I have, the, women, the men who I see going through middle life are struggling so much more than the women that I know. They're struggling because they've never built up the networks that I notice that the women that that um I know the women that I know have very strong female networks. You know, we, we band together. We have our we have our friends. Uh we have our, our mental health support in that way. And yeah, we or there's a fierceness to to women um in in middle age. Um Part of it is this this mama bear um, thing that I think w- w- we've uh, taken on this this role and, and nurtured. Um, but yes, I, I do agree. I think that women women in in middle age are are very much powerful. Yep.
0: So if you're listening and you feel like it's too late for you, please don't think that anymore. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, really, the, this idea of too late. I, I recently talked to an organisation here, who were very keen um, to support artists and writers here, and and then when it came to came to it, when I talked to them more about it, and they and they wanted my my feedback, they wanted to reach writers in their twenties and thirties, and I said, but why? Why? It's so frustrating. Why? Why would you? Bit, well, it's just so agents. Why would you focus on this young age group? And and it is. It's this idea of of, of hip and trendy and of, of 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 the new and the bright and shiny. But I think it's just so so, so short sighted.
0: I think so too. I mean, I think that when you pair experience and. Experience over many ages. It's not like we've forgotten what it's like to be in our 20s, in our 40s. It's like we have more perspective because we have the experience of both. And the writer that comes to mind every time when I think about this is Kit DeWall, who had a whole career as a mental health professional and and then went on to write prize-winning novels, which she didn't even start publishing, I think, the end of her 40s, beginning of her 50s. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think about that kind of experience and that people want to read that too. And people want to read that possibly even more than someone who's very young.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I mean, as you grow older, you've had just the, you have a richer sense of what it means to be human. You know, you, you, you've had, you've, you've had relationships come and go. You, you've learned so many life lessons. Your, your inner self, your, your inner life has, 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 probably suffered many blows and, and grown because of it. And I mean, of course, that's going to create richer writing and richer characters. And and that's, I mean, that's for me the key to a great novel or a great book are the characters. You mean, yeah, that's it.
0: I think the, the image that comes to mind, actually, I haven't thought about this in a few years, but I used to, when I lived in Los Angeles, I used to subscribe to the dance series. And so they had a series of ballets that came through and my friend and I went together, a girlfriend and I, and we got to one and it was Romeo and Juliet. And we said, all right, we'll go see Romeo and Juliet, whatever. Um, we, it was like the one we were the least excited about, uh, because we liked all the modern experimental stuff. And we went in there and it was so beautiful. We both cried through the entire thing. And we realized at the end, the ballerina was unreal. Probably, I mean, possibly the best thing I've ever seen. I wish I remembered her name offhand right now, but we found out later that we think the reason why is that she was in her early 40s. And it's unusual for Prima Ballerina to still be carrying a whole show at that point because ballet is, you know, exhausting. But she had so much emotion in every movement. And, you know, she's supposed to be a little 14-year-old girl and she was able to play that, but the pathos in it was astonishing. And I feel like it's the same... With writers in midlife, you can still write a young character, but you do it with the knowledge of what comes after.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I I, I don't know. Oh, there there is such a terrible bias against writers in their middle age, and particularly women, right? And you know, I mean, yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, women writers suffer a terrible bias anyway. I was reading an article about the uh, about chick lit, and you know. <laughs> But um, but yes, there is there is this this terrible bias against women writers and and at the magazine we were so try and and um, um, uh, focus on women writers and and feminism and the issue of feminism its just <laughs> the issue of gender equality is just. It's, it's never going to become old for me. I'm sorry, it's never, and it's so relevant. It's so relevant in every field. It's so relevant in the arts. It's so relevant in, in, in our daily lives and how we interact with our spouse or, 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 or our, our peers at work or, or, or wherever, you know. Um, and uh, I, I just love the fact that we're in this new period where, where uh, so many people are becoming aware of it, you know, and the importance of it.
0: Definitely. And I think it's so important for people to have places where they can read about these issues, but also places where new voices can come through. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so wonderful that you've created this space and are continuing to do so. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's been really, really lovely talking to you today. And I'm so grateful we had the chance to talk sort of behind the scenes about the process of New Clone City coming out, but also the sort of underpinnings and and the philosophy that surrounds the whole process of the Wild Word. Thanks, Caroline. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram, where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C A R O D O N A H U E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing.